Hello, welcome to the Better Everyday Coaching Podcast. I received some questions recently from Tom Abrams and Sam Murphy around coachability uh, and it sparked a few different thoughts for me. So Tom asked, how to be coachable? What makes it so that as a coach you're able to get the most out of a player? Not many ultimate players are coached throughout their career, so we often have poor skill at being coached. Are there some practical tips you can share? Uh, and Sam asked for my top seven, eight most coachable players. Quick spoiler, I'm not going to answer that, um, both because I don't want to forget anyone, uh, but also uh, I'm not always entirely comfortable with the whole notion of considering whether a player is coachable or not. Um, so I'm going to dive a little deeper into coachability, uh, my thoughts on it, uh, and Sam, hopefully you'll understand uh, by the end of why I don't really want to talk about a top seven or eight. Um, so yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable with the whole notion of coachability when these questions came in. Um, my media reaction was, I'm not sure I really like that word. Uh, and I think it can lead to a, a poor understanding of the most effective dynamics between a coach and players. Um, but before I talk about all the reasons I don't like it, uh, I will actually answer the question about what I think does make a player coachable. Um, so these are for me the key components to being a coachable player um, so I've got five of them number one is very easy um, show up uh, it might seem ridiculous to put this here because it's very obvious but in my experience lots of players don't show up lots of the time um, so if you want to be a good player and learn from your coach you actually have to be there uh, in order to do it um, so do the basics there um, Align, aligned with that sorry, is showing up with energy and desire to compete um, so showing up is a good start um, but the most coachable players are the ones that can manage to get themselves in the frame of mind uh, for every training session maybe not literally every training session for majority training sessions where yeah, they're going to give their full energy they're going to want to compete and they're going to want to get better um, and as well as that if you can show up early or stay late so you can work on stuff um, that's always a good time to talk to the coach as well because uh, obviously during the session there doesn't tend to be much time for uh, individual chats while there's lots going on um, but if you're one of the players that kind of hangs around afterwards that's good um, for me as a coach like if I'm giving up my whole uh, evening or afternoon to coach a session another 15-20 minutes isn't make or break for me usually so uh, it's also a good time to catch me. Uh, third thing would be to read the training plan ahead of time and prepare for it. Uh, so when I'm coaching, 95% um, of the time, I hope at least, uh, I will be sending out a, a plan for training of what we're going to do, what the key emphasis are. Um, again, the best players who want, the players that want to get better the most are the ones to show the training they already know what's going to happen um, and that obviously helps their mental preparation for the session uh, if your coach doesn't do this I would ask your coach to do this um, it makes a huge difference to the players uh, and to the smooth running the training session in general and to be quite honest keeps me um, organized as a coach because if I feel like I have to do this then I am definitely planning everything out in advance and I'm not going to be tempted to to wing it um, because I'm having a busy week or whatever. If I know I need to send the plan out, it has to be planned out in advance. Um, the fourth part then is, I guess where we get into 
what people would consider as coachability in general. Um, so you need to be open to new ideas. Um, and as a subset of this, that means giving things a try uh, with your full effort and your full intensity, even if you're not quite sure that's the best approach. Uh, the fifth uh, component then is balancing this, which is I think you need to have your own mind and be able to challenge the coach. Uh, the coach is not always right. I have this written down in caps lock. Um, yeah, coaches aren't always right. Um, so you do want to give what they're saying a chance, but you need to have your own mind as well about what they're telling you and be able to assess if it's going to work for you. Um, I guess the subset of this is you need to be able to challenge in an appropriate manner. Um, obviously, just not trying it isn't appropriate. Um, maybe having a prolonged debate in the middle of a training session when everyone else has to stand around and wait isn't the most appropriate forum. So again, that time after training, in between training sessions, where you can chat about it um, with enough time to talk about it and calmly uh, is ideal. And like speaking from a coach perspective, obviously if you've actually given whatever it is a real chance and you put your effort into it and you think, I don't really, I don't really think this approach works. Um, I'm always going to be open to listening to that as opposed to someone that just says, I don't think this is going to work because in my head, I don't think it'll work. I don't really have much time for that sort of, uh, that sort of talk. Um, so it's really for me, um, the balance of openness to new ideas, but independence, having your own thoughts, that's the kind of sweet spot of coachability. Uh, and that kind of obviously opposing factors in some ways. Um, I had to bring back in Tom's questions. I've coached players kind of on either end of the um, openness to not openness spectrum. Um, so firstly, lots of players that have, I guess, very quickly in both my careers become really good players. Um, so obviously, ultimately is quite a small community for most countries. Um, and you can start quite late in life and very quickly like be the best beginner on your college team, quickly progress to club or underage internationals, be one of the best players there, and progress further into an, maybe a more advanced club and still be like really, really good. And everyone along the way is gonna be super happy that you're on their team, super happy that you're talented, you know, get lots of praise. Um, all that's really nice. Uh, but unfortunately, for some players, they're gonna to get to a level where their sort of natural ability isn't gonna give them the role on the team um, that they want uh, and they're going to stagnate a little bit um, again for some of those players it's going to feel more comfortable to just want to kind of double down on the things that brought them that far and not want to change their approach because when you've been given all this praise and all this positive feeling all these vibes for doing things a certain way it can be very hard to then say oh actually I need to change what I'm doing um, Anyone that's familiar with um, the fixed mindset versus growth mindset will probably recognize that immediately. Um, it's very important to have that growth mindset where, uh, to foster that growth mindset as a coach, where um, you're praising players for their effort and not for their natural abilities because at some point, natural ability is gonna run up against other players with similar natural abilities. And if you're not willing to, to actually progress and improve, um, you're gonna, you're going to stagnate. Uh, that can be then reinforced by people learning ultimate in an environment 
that kind of only plays ultimate in a particular way um, and prides itself on maybe playing ultimate in a particular way it's teams that maybe only play one zone for example and they have success with it and they're very proud and happy of how good their zone is but then you get to a different environment and you have to learn a different way to play play zone defence or a different way to play defence in general where you're just not going to use zones that much and I've seen people struggle with that because they're very much tied to this zone worked for me that's one of the reasons I'm really good I want to I want to do that with just obviously competing natural um, or players that play uh, play offence in a particular way um, will have the same sort of experience maybe they played offence in a particular way uh, in their college team maybe given the keys to their underage national team where they can just run the offence the way they want they get into a more experienced team with better players and they're suddenly kind of put in a role or into an offence that they're not so familiar with are they going to be able to adapt uh, are they going to be able to adapt mentally to uh, be open to oh I normally just launch this this deep in this position uh, and people told me I'm great because I can throw this really far and now it's more about I need to uh, be able to be need to be able to score all our possessions so just launching the disc in the first opportunity isn't going to work anymore uh, and again that can be difficult for players when they've had those three or four years of being told that they're great for doing those things to then be able to adapt um, so for those players the sort of team conversations about coachability at the start of the season or in the off season can be really really beneficial because it might just open their eyes to hey maybe I need to be open to to doing things in a different way and maybe have a a willing more of a willingness to take a step back so I can then take two steps forward and carve out a bigger role in this team uh, unfortunately in my experience it doesn't get through to everybody so um, that can always be a challenge uh, and the opposite end of that spectrum then is the player that just says like can I have feedback please <laughs> which is obviously a nicer instinct in some ways like they're not close to feedback um, but it's also not the most useful way to frame that conversation um, but again for me as a coach I'm tending to coach teams of like 30 players or coach multiple teams at the same time which not a good habit but uh, it's what happens in ultimate um, so the idea that I have like very specific notes for everyone in the team is I think a bit hopeful um, I also have a full time job um, so I can't literally think about this all day every day um, what I think is a better approach is that player thinks about what they're good at what they're not good at what their role and what they think their own team is what they think it should be and kind of frames a conversation that way or it can just be uh, oh a training yesterday uh, I felt I struggled getting free as a reset um, I was trying to get free uh, by kind of cutting inside the player and going up line wasn't able to get there can you give me some feedback on that uh, any sort of that specific questioning is, is really really good I think um, yeah wanting feedback is a great thing wanting to check in your coach is a really good instinct but I think you need to be able to bring your own ideas first and then ask for feedback based on that rather than just can I have some feedback please which is uh, too much of a blank canvas for my brain to handle as a coach um, I definitely need a little more a little more um, independence for my players uh, in order for them to to really be coachable um, so yeah from a player's perspective I think those things are really useful to think about um, showing up showing up energy 
reading the training plan and preparing for training, uh, being open to new ideas and then also having some independence and being able to challenge your coach or to kind of lead the conversations with your coach um, rather than expecting your coach to just give you everything. Um, but I said I wasn't totally comfortable with the whole uh, coachability thought. Um, so I guess from a coach's point of view, I don't think the concept is quite as useful as it is from the player's point of view. Um, in general, from coaching, uh, yeah, I feel the concept's a bit exaggerated, quite often misunderstood. Um, so as an example, I just Googled coachability definitions and one of the first results from a very large and very popular coaching website. Uh, it kind of gives four levels of coachability, which are level one, not coachable, already knows everything, not open, only listens to their own voice. Uh, number two, selectively coachable, does what asks, but only when he or she feels like it, mostly going their own way. Level three, reluctantly coachable, does everything is asked, but doubts it, never fully committed. And then four, would be completely coachable, does everything asks, surrenders own voice, trusts and empowers the coach. And if you've been listening to that point, you'll probably know that I have a real issue with the fourth level there, which is supposed to be the best level, which is surrendering your own voice, um, which I think is wrong. And I think is a really dangerous way to think as a coach. Um, yeah, obviously I mentioned earlier some of the difficulties players can have in being coachable. Um, but for me as a coach, I don't really like thinking of players as coachable or not coachable. Um, as a coach, I like to control things that I can control. Um, and I like to put the emphasis on myself. Like if a player is more difficult to maybe to get concepts across or isn't having conversations in a useful manner, so it really the emphasis should be on me. What can I do like, to get through to this player? Um, to be quite honest, I much prefer dealing with the people that are like difficult to do with, I guess, um, in that they have their own their own ideas. They maybe aren't as open to my ideas as other people. I'm like doing those people in some ways. Um, certainly over the person that just wants me to tell them what to do. Because um, I like players with an independent thought process, and I feel I can get through to people that are thinking about the game, um, whereas people just aren't trying to think about it. That's a lot more difficult from my perspective, but obviously other coaches going to be different. So I'm not saying go and be difficult to your coach um, in order to get the best out of them. Um, so yeah, I would. I don't like that sort of coachable definition where yeah, you're asking players to just trust you, everything you say and not think about the game, which is what I've seen, certainly seen some coachable definitions imply if they're not directly saying it. Um, other like, quick thoughts and advice to coaches. Um, quite often you can think of players as not coachable, but it's just the case that you maybe are new to the team um, and you need to prove yourself to the team a little bit in exactly the same way that if a player joins your team and they're not like immediately, obviously, a superstar who you can just let do whatever you, they want. Um, players need to come in and kind of prove that they can do the basics before maybe you're going to give them more responsibility to do things that aren't the basics um, and I feel the same way as a coach every time I go into a new team uh, I feel a lot of pressure to just prove that I can do the basics well um, so that the team will then trust me to do um, 
other things well and they'll be able to listen to me and to take what I'm saying saying on board I don't ever go into team and expect that just because I have the title of coach all the players should like bet out to me and listen to everything I'm saying and just do what I say no matter what it is um, so yeah be prepared for that as a coach um, and yeah, don't try and frame players as uncoachable because you're trying to tell them to do something new and they're not doing it you might just not have earned that sort of respect from the players yet and that's frustrating but sometimes you just need to earn it um, and yeah I mostly dislike the dynamic where as a coach your perception or the player's perception of you is that your job is to kind of directly put knowledge into the player's brains and where the players are like an empty vessel um, that you're pouring um, all this wisdom into um, for me as a coach the player is always the most important part of the coach player um, relationship they need to drive their own development they need to, I want them to be open to my input I want them to be able to listen to me and to trust me when I am telling them um, what approaches I think are best but like, I'm not going to be that player's coach forever um, they need to be able to think for themselves uh, and that's really really important to me um, so for me as a coach uh, a coach to a player is again just to sum up on that um, you're willing to try new things you're willing to try different approaches different roles um, I didn't mention earlier like the some players obviously could quite fix on like O-line versus D-line stuff I really can't stand that that's probably one where I just very openly will tell them to stop being silly um, but you should always be willing to just change your role um, and trust that the and be able to have that conversation with the coach about maybe why it's happening um, trust that the coach doesn't just have you to think about that they have the whole team to think about so you're willing to try things that maybe you think okay this isn't necessarily beneficial for me but it will be beneficial for the team as a whole which will then be beneficial for me because the team will be better um, which is always good for me um, but yeah I always want the, the players to want to do that rather than feeling like they have to do that because I'm the coach and that's the job of the players is to listen to the coach uh, I really feel my role is to steer talent in direction when it's needed and if it's not needed I don't need to do it um, so yeah for the players just to recap uh, if you want to be a coach or a player you have to kind of find that sweet spot of where you can think and act independently of the coach so you don't need the coach pouring in information to you all the time um, but you are open and willing and able to listen uh, and apply coaching instruction uh, in order to benefit you in order to benefit the team um, so you're really using the coach as that like additional knowledgeable perspective to add in maybe something you haven't thought about but you have tried to think about it it's kind of the important thing that I, I'm trying to get across here um, so yeah thanks Tom and thanks Sam for giving me the opportunity to think about coachability I've actually this may be two weeks and I've just been thinking about what makes a player coachable what makes a player not coachable um, and been reading about other people's opinions of it yeah this opinion these opinions are just mine uh, based on my experience obviously uh, every coach is different every group of players is different so different approaches are going to work in different environments um, 
for me these are the things that worked for me um, and that I try to apply there's loads of room for me to grow um, certainly uh, in kind of engaging more players and so on so there are definitely better coaches than me um, at doing that uh, but the reality is playing ultimate um, as kind of Tom said players don't always have the opportunity to have any coach at all um, or certainly not necessarily a coach that's going to be very experienced or going to be very well uh, I guess trained in the basics of coaching because there aren't that, isn't that many coaching um, courses or coaching material available so a lot of what I've learned is just learned through bitter experience really um, and your your coach might be a bit earlier on that journey than I am um, so yeah for ultimate the key to being coachable is to be as independent as you can um, in my opinion so yeah thanks Tom thanks Sam for those questions uh, thanks everybody for listening um, I have a couple other projects lined up just to let you know about um, so my book that I have mentioned a few times is progressing uh, so I'm writing a book on what I've settled on 25 different modified games um, to teach ultimate um, so I've got all those 25 games I've written my first draft of them all now it's just about flashing, flashing it out a little bit um, making sure that it's understandable with people that are not me uh, but hopefully before the end of April that will be released um, secondly my hopefully mooted podcast series uh, where I'm going to talk to some other uh, coaches some female coaches uh, I should hopefully be getting the first interview of that done uh, on Easter weekend um, and then finally uh, I'm probably going to go to EUC this year to cover it uh, from a media perspective so I'll be using my own blog my own YouTube channel and my podcast I'm hoping to yeah do like a daily sort of recap breakdown analysis I'm not really going to recap probably the wrong word because there's obviously going to be other media there who are going to just do the recaps so I'm just going to talk about what I find interesting uh, primarily looking to cover the women's division so uh, coaches captains of women's teams going to EUC I might be reaching out uh, to have chats uh, before EUC so I kind of can understand the division a little bit more but that's my intention if people want me to cover anything in particular from uh, EUC or just some sort of content they'd like to listen to in the evenings uh, whether they're at the tournament or um, going to be watching it or following it from afar yeah drop me a comment drop me an email let me know and um, I'll see what I can do thanks everyone for listening hope you have a great weekend